as you are about to enter into your world, we beg you, Heavenly Father, that the scripture be open to us. Grant us insight into your world. Reveal your word to us. Let there be a release of your spirit that brings quickening. For without his quickening, we are nothing. We are useless. Let the Holy Ghost quicken our hearts, quicken our minds, quicken our altars. Set us on the pedestal that will make impact in our generation. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's just sit uh, uh, briefly. Um, while I sought the face of God on what I will be sharing with us this evening, I was thinking um, we are going to look inwardly. But then God started guiding me to something he called, he said, the aspect of spiritual warfare in Goi. The aspect of spiritual warfare. We'll be praying this night, uh, this evening, but we just want to look uh, briefly into this topic. The aspect of spiritual warfare the implication you know, of spiritual warfare in this instruction, Goi. Now, um, spiritual warfare is the process by which a Christian establishes God's kingdom in a territory or in a person's life. That is spiritual warfare. When you establish the rule of God, the dominion of God, the, 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 the government of God in a life or in a territory, it is called spiritual warfare. Now, most times people are, you know, are not subject to God. Whenever you see people who are rebellious towards God, many a times, they are under a strange influence. Now, human beings, we are, we, are, we are the nature with which God created us. We cannot live. We cannot exist without an influence of a spirit. So, it's either a Christian subjects himself to be ruled, controlled, or governed by the Holy Spirit, or he subjects himself to be ruled and governed by ungodly spirits. So that's the first thing um, God you know, put in my heart to. Okay, let's quickly open to Colossians chapter 2. 14 to 15, someone else opened Psalms 149, verse 5 to 9. Someone else opened 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 
from verse 4 to 5. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 to 5. If you are there, you can read. Colossians chapter 2, 14. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Yes. Psalms 149, 5-7, 5-9. 149, 5-9. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, a new song. His praise in the assembly of his faithful people. Bless Israel. Rejoice in their marker. Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing. And make music to him with tambourine and chap and harp. For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. Let his faithful let his faithful people rejoice in his honor and sing for joy on their beds. May the praise of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hands to inflict vengeance on the nations and punishment to the peoples who bind their kings with fetters, their nobles and shackles of iron to carry out the sentence written against them. This is the glory of all his faithful people. Praise the Lord. Amen. He said to execute the written judgment. Now, Colossians showed us the written judgment. But this written judgment needs to be executed. And the Bible said, it is the right of the saints to do what? To execute this written judgment. So, when you enter a territory, your, lo- your location, your area where you are living, when you come to that place, and in fact, while I looked into this topic, God started opening my eyes to what is happening where I'm, where I'm currently living. We've been praying for that place, praying for the move of God. We've been, in fact, it's as, it's as if the more we pray, the more beer parlors are expanding. When we came, it was just two. Recently, they opened another one. In fact, they opened a mega one. That one is is mega. They brought a canopy on the road. Now, while we while I was taking this story, God asked me, said, "Have you confronted?" Said before Ubo, where we open for the gospel, you need to confront and deal with the forces that are governing that territory. Before any life, we come to subjection to Jesus. Someone as somewhere taking authority above every negative influences. The Bible let's let's read the scriptures so that I won't be just I know it's this topic is somehow if I'm not careful you might misunderstand it. So let's open to Colossians Second Corinthians ten. Is someone there? Hallelujah. 
argument and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God and we set captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, that is... Now, there are two reasons why a Christian should... Or two major reasons. There might be other reasons. But there are two major reasons why a Christian should engage in spiritual warfare. One is to be able to stand. For you to be able to stand as a Christian. In this world today, you need to learn how to engage in spiritual warfare. Let's open our Bible to Luke chapter 22, verse 31 to 32. Because of our time, I wouldn't, because we are, we are supposed to pray this night. I'm going to, is that place Jesus was talking to Peter. He said, Peter, the devil has asked to do what? To sieve you like wheat. But what have I done? He said, I have done what? I have prayed for you. So, and Jesus went ahead to say, he said, when you have, let's read that scripture so that I will not be paraphrasing and miss some few points. Luke chapter 22. Luke 22, 31 to 32. I will read from here. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. Say, but I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And he went for I said, when you have returned to me, what should you do? You strengthen your brethren. So Jesus saw the devil making plans on how to finish Peter. Peter may not even be spiritually alert to know what the devil is planning. But when Jesus saw it, you see, this is confronting us. When you see the weaknesses of a fellow Christian, what do you do with it? When you see a Christian, fellow Christian not living the way you should, what do you do with it? Do you gossip with it? For Jesus, Jesus went and he did what? He prayed for Peter. And he said, I have prayed for you so that your strength will not fail. Now who would, who would have believed that when Peter denied Jesus, he was under an influence. When Peter said to his fellow disciples, he said, let's go a fishing. And he carried everybody to go back to fishing. Who would have believed? So when you see a great Christian who was once on fire for God, burning for God. And all of a sudden, you see him and he starts telling another story. What does he require? He requires prayer. And I know that the prayer Jesus, Jesus is not going to start talking to the devil. Say, leave Peter now. He's my son. You don't have the right. You know, Jesus, if he, you study how he deals with demons. He said he will lift up with a loud voice. He will rebuke the demon. He said, get out. He will command evil spirits to go out. So some of us, we have some of our relations who are not living right. You have prayed. You have fasted like me. I've prayed for some of my brothers. Is where the eldest one. 
But when I started studying this, God said, you need to engage in a warfare. There are forces governing some person's life, some of our children. And you feel that stubborn. You have shouted. You have done so many things. But they are not breaking through. There is something that else that needs to be done. Because the going first is first to our family members. Then to the rest of the world. If you, let's read uh, Ephesians chapter 6, 10 to 13. Then verse 14 and uh, verse 18. Ephesians 6, I will read from here. From verse 10. He said, finally my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole, the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not rest against flesh and blood, against principalities and powers. Say, for we do not rest against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of this present, of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Verse 14 said, Stand therefore, having guided your waist. So you see that the focus of God in, you know, Paul wrote this scripture after he has encountered the Ephesians. The Ephesians. This was a letter he wrote to the Ephesians. And it was in Ephesus he said, I, do you know the manner with which I have fought with the beasts of Ephesus? He said, you know in the manner that I have done what? I have fought the beasts of Ephesus. So, maybe when you get home, you can read 1 Peter 5, 7-9. to Now, the second reason why we should engage in spiritual warfare is to take territories. To take territories. Can somebody open to Matthew chapter 12 from verse 28? Matthew 12, 28 to 30. And that person open to Psalms 24 from verse 8. Matthew 12, someone there? But if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, when the kingdom of God has come upon you, or how can one enter a strong man's house and ponder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Mm. Then indeed he may plunder his house. Amen. He, he who is not with me is against me. It's okay. Thank you. He said, how can someone enter in that territory where you are, how can you just enter in that territory and take somebody's goods? The Bible called, Jesus called the devil a strong man. Jesus called, he said, how can you enter this? When the devil is saying goods, he's talking about human beings. That the devil has taken over their lives and is keeping them. The Bible said, he's keeping them as his goods. So when I, I am passing through Ubo and I see people drinking alcohol till nine, ten, people are there still drinking. 
I am only seeing goods that has been taken over by the strong man. And there is no way I can liberate them except I first of all do what? Deal with the strong man. So the first important thing we are going to be doing this now, you are going to pinpoint either your siblings, your son, your daughter, anybody around you that you have, you have, you have preached, prayed for, and the person seems not to be yielding to this faith. We are going to rise in battle against the strong powers that are keeping that person as good this night. And while we pray, we are going to also pray for our territories. We are going to pray for other people. There are several human beings. In fact, now you see court activities. There is a court war going on in Unizik recent, you know, just a few days ago. On Monday, I got a picture of three young youths. Three youths just killed, just like that. And they say it's called war. And they say very soon it might spread to UNN and to other universities in the Southeast. Because once Bagas and Aye are fighting in Unizik, it will stay up battle under battle. Bagas and Aye in UNN will also be fighting. Bagas and Aye in ASU will be fighting. And before you know it, up to, you know, 20, 25 youths are gone, taken away. Why? There is somebody that has taken them, kept them as his goods. And these are people that Jesus has paid their price on the cross. And Jesus is depending on us, the saints, to do what? To execute the written judgment upon those powers. Jesus is depending on us to execute the written judgment upon those forces and set those powers and set those persons free from the captivity of the devil. Except we have, we have kept quiet and till now things has been the way it is. Now, um, finally, we are, we are going to read Psalms uh, chapter 24 where Jesus Say, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be thou lifted up. Verse, 20, verse 7, 24, verse 7. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be, ye lift, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Say, who is, you can imagine forces that could open their mouths and ask Jesus, who is the King of glory? And he introduced himself, the Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads. The command came again. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. He asked again, who is this king of glory? He said, the Lord of hosts is the king of glory. I'm going to tell us this story and then we'll pray. Now, there is um, a minister, Joseph Ayobabala, the man that God used to start uh, Christ Apostolic Church from where Deeper Life uh, came out from. From where Deeper Life came out. This, this man, he, was, he went to a village for a mission. He went to a village to preach the gospel. And he preached for weeks. Nothing was happening. He preached for weeks. Nothing was happening. He kept preaching and preaching until he got tired. He said, what is this? 
And he said, he went inside to ask God, what is going on? Why is it that this, my labor is not bearing fruits? And he said, one night, God woke him up and said, start worshiping. He started worshiping. God says, follow me. He was following God and they were going to a river. They were just walking through a path. And he followed God and God brought him to a river. The river is the river that divided that village into two. You know, it is a boundary between that village and the other village. And he came to the river and God said, keep worshipping. And as he worshipped, his being came out from the water. Her two breasts were touching, in fact, you can't see the breasts, the two breasts were entering the water. And he said to the, the bee, said, servant of God, what are you doing here? He said, I've come to take over this community. And I asked him, he said, where were you when I protected them from war? I was on my own. They came and pledged the village to me. And said, this village belongs to you. Just protect us from war because the neighboring village wanted to finish them. And said, I agreed with them and they made a covenant with me and they gave me this place. And Joseph said, I don't know where I was. But I know that there is someone that has paid the price for these people. I know that there is someone that was hung on the cross for them. And he said, it is finished. And he said, when he said that, said something lifted the demon up, hit him on top of the, on the water, and the whole water turned red. And God said, go home. And he went home. Before he came there the next morning, the river had dried. There was no more river in that place. And then that village was open for the gospel. I remember when I went to youth service, where I went to serve. I went to the village, I was preaching, going for morning cry. And it seems nothing was happening. I wonder, I prayed, and there is, a, a, there is this mango trees, about 12 mango trees, that was in, you know, the, the boundary of the village, be, between that village to the neighboring village. Twelve mango trees. And they told me that since this mango tree grew up, it has never bore fruits. And while I pray, God said, the forces keeping this village that, within that tree. And I said, what do I do? He said, I should go to the schools. Because one night I was praying and I saw myself. I had a revelation where I saw myself on top of the tree. And I was having a sword and I was cutting down the branches of the, the, the tree. And I said, why can't I cut it from the root? I want to cut it or possibly uproot it and throw it away. And God said to me, you, you don't have the spiritual right to uproot it. He said, rather you need to impact someone in this village. That would do this. Because even before I went to that place, I got a job in Portacot Town. A very wonderful job. I was to be doing marketing softwares to oil companies and all of that with a wonderful pay and a very good accommodation. And God said, no, you are going down to that village. And it was an island. I had to run 30 minutes on speedboat to get to the village. And God said, yeah. In fact, the day I called the manager of the company and said, I will not work with you. She almost cried. I had to go down to that village. And God said, okay, I, I called a meeting of the, all the schools, of the schools, primary, one primary and secondary school. And I preached to them, and almost the hall was filled up 
very mighty or like half of this then. And almost all the students gave their life to Christ. And I said, it's time for Holy Ghost impartation. I was to, because it was already closing the time I was going to leave the village. I, was, I wanted to feel what God asked me to do. And I said, it's time for impartation. And you see how God mightily moved in that place. And God said, I went to the church again. God, I went to the pastor. I said, please, can you allow me to preach? Because by Sunday, by Monday, I'll be leaving this village. And he allowed me that Sunday to preach. And I preached, and God said, I should impact all the villagers that are in that church. And I did. Even though I've not yet received a feedback of what God is doing in that village. But I know if God allows me an opportunity, I'll still go back to know what is happening there. No territory can open except the strong man governing that territory is taking over. Let's be on our feet. No territory can be taken except the strong man is taken captive. Except you bind the strong man, you cannot collect his goods. Except you bind the strong man, you cannot collect his goods. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every sin. To break every change. To break every change. There is power. There is power. In the name of Jesus. There is power. There is power. In the name of Jesus. To break every change. To break every chain, to break every chain, to break every chain, to break every chain, to break every chain. There is anointing, there is anointing, rising up. There is anointing, there is anointing.
Mendes Kambe Nome Briegedone Kulinikali de Kaila Sineko Bondi Kopara Brieni Bond In the name of Thank you, Jesus. There is Yeah. <laughs> 
said to me, he said, have you ever had somebody do morning cry in this staff quarters? I said, no. I said, can't you start it? I said, ah. I should be preaching to professors. Okay. I went and then I was the evangelist secretary of Nifes. I bought two megaphones and I carried one of the megaphones and I went out to preach. And that night, that morning, I was still singing in Christ alone, my hope is found. And instantly my megaphone quenched. I did everything I could to revive this megaphone. It refused to work. Even later they took it to mechanics and tried everything they could to repair the megaphone. It refused to be repaired. And God said, you have not confronted the forces governing these staff quarters. So I began to pray. I began to pray. I said, praying in that place, I had a lot of encounters. And one of the most spectacular ones, I was in a revelation where a, one helicopter was coming to me. It was coming to fall on my head. And I jumped up, I grabbed the helicopter, I turned it and I hit it on the floor. And lo and behold, dogs, dogs, uncountable number of dogs was proceeding forth from that helicopter to attack me. And one thing that is dominating in that staff quarters is immorality. Almost all the students in that 
Staff quarters are living in immorality. Almost all. And then as they come, something appeared in my fist. I was using my fist to hit them down. This one come and hit it. Hit this one. And before you know it, up to 50 dogs were all around me. I believe God has said something to us. Please go back and labor over your territory. Ah, go back and labor over some souls. I have preached to the gospel, you've preached to the gospel too, and they, they are not yielding. Father, we thank you for your word that has come to us. We beg you that this matter we, we rest upon our hearts with body. This burden will not dissipate when we live here. We will go back from here and labor over the souls of people in our territory. We will go back and labor over the souls of those in our workplaces. We will bind the strong man and we will deliver men who he has kept as goods. Thank you, Father. And we pray that when we, we fight, ah, because we are fighting from the victory point of view, oh, because Jesus has paid the price on the cross, we always have victory. And we have testimonies of what you have done through our warfare. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.